We're going to go to the Gospel of Matthew this morning. Matthew in chapter number 27. The Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter number 27. And we're going to start in verse number 11. And I'm going to read down for a while. And if you'll follow along, I'll do my best to read. Excuse me. Matthew 27 and verse number 11. And Jesus stood before the governor. And the governor asked him, saying, Are thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus, answered, and Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priest and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they, had, uh, they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. <clears throat> when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and elders persuaded the multitude and they, uh, that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a torment was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the sailors of the governor, uh, soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him and put on his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. 
And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there and set up over his head an accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priest mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them uh, them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were open and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion... And they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done. They feared greatly saying, truly, this was the son of God. And many women were there before uh, beholding afar off, uh, were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him among them, uh, among which was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of Zebedee's children. We're going to stop our reading there. And uh, we're going to look at this story this morning with this question in mind. Who have you chosen? Who have you chosen? Let's pray and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we come to you one last time before we get on into this message and just pray for your power. Lord, a clarity of mind and a clarity of speech. Uh, I need your help this morning with that. Lord, direction and everything that's said and done, and certainly that your will would be done in the preaching of this passage of Scripture. Uh, Again, you know the hearts of the people that are sitting in this place. I pray that your will would be done in their lives, that you would touch hearts as needed. Lord, and if there is one here that doesn't know Christ, that you would do the work that only you can do and draw them to yourself. Help us now, Lord, in all that we say. We, we just need your help. We know we do. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. And please, please do be seated. <clears throat> our lives, our lives, our lives, our lives are full of choices. 
And some are much more important than others. Where to live, what job we may have, what car we drive, who we marry, where we go to church, things such as that. But the most important decision that we'll ever make in this life is that what we will do with Jesus Christ. Because that decision, that decision has eternal consequences. Consequences that will either be very good or very bad. And we know that before our Savior could rise from the dead to be victorious over death and to be victorious over hell, well, he had to die. And the method for which the Father chose for his death was to be crucified. It was all part of God's plan. It was his plan to pay the price for our sin, for my sin, for your sin, to pay that price. And a lot of things happened leading up to the crucifixion, and a lot of people were present. We looked at that, but I I would ask you to allow me to speculate for just a little while this morning. I'll do my best to not do anything to violate the scriptures, but I'd like to think for a while about a few of the people that might have been around the cross on that day. As we read here, Jesus had been taken to the hall of the governor, Pontius Pilate, Judas Iscariot had realized his horrible mistake that he had made in selling out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and went out and hung himself. The, the people from whom that Judas had tried to gain favor by being like them now mocked him, made him feel small. And they really didn't care that they had messed up Judas's life at all, much like the crowd today that tends to lure others into sin. But after they've sinned a great sin in leaving God, that same crowd turns their back on them or laughs them to scorn. And there's a lot of people that don't recover from such backsliding because of fear and shame. And we know this for a fact. Judas did not, he did not need to go out and hang himself. No, 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 no. He didn't need to do that. He could have turned his heart to Jesus. He could have repented of his sin, the wrongdoings, and been forgiving by a very gracious, loving, caring, forgiving God with, without doubt. Um, he made a wrong choice. Judas did. And then did what so many today are choosing to do. He ended his own life because of the mistakes that he made. Instead of turning to the one that can forgive sins and restore their lives. We read there, Pilate had even considered doing the right thing and letting this man Jesus go. Because he couldn't find any fault in him. You know why he couldn't find any fault in him? Because there is no fault in him. There was no fault in him. But Pilate was a politician, and he could not risk losing favor with the people. So he gave them what they wished and released Barabbas, a man that was condemned to die. He asked the crowd, Pilate did, what shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? And the crowd responded, let him be crucified. And we read there how Pilate called for a wash bowl and he washed his hands saying that he was innocent of the blood of Jesus. But we know that's not so because water's never washed one sin away, never has, never will. But forgiveness comes only by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pilate then had Jesus scourged, had him whipped. Uh, which was a very brutal torture at the hands of the Roman soldiers as they were not bound by the Jewish laws of moderation of just 40 stripes less one. 
There's really no way for us to know how many stripes they laid upon the Savior's back. But many um, uh, theologians believe that the skin was just flayed off of his body until even bones were exposed uh, on our Savior's back. And no doubt it was a horrendous time of torture for Jesus as he was tied to that whipping post. The soldiers then took Jesus to another hall where they gathered around him. And they stripped off his clothes and away from him. They put on him a scarlet robe, a sign of royalty because they were mocking him still. And they plaited or they braided together this crown of thorns and placed it upon his head, really forced it upon his head. Then they found a reed and they put it in his right hand as his scepter. I mean, just another mocking gesture toward the the Savior of the world. And they surrounded him. They bowed down before him. Uh, saying, Hail, King of Jews. And even at that time, they did not know that one day they will bow a knee to him and they will truly confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible tells us that they spit upon him over and over again. They took that reed from him and they beat him on the head that they uh, drove those thorns deeper into his brow by doing so, no doubt. And after a time of ridiculing and after a time of mocking, they tore the scarlet robe from his back. No doubt the blood having coagulated, sticking to the material, ripping the wounds open once again. They led him out into the street and they found Simon the Cyrene. Uh, when they compelled Simon to help Jesus carry his cross. And this wasn't something that was foreign for those times. I mean, each man that was sentenced to die this horrible death of crucifixion was given help by an unsuspecting stranger to carry the instrument of death to the place that he was to die. But you'll never convince me otherwise than that Jesus carried most of that load even as he went through town that day. As Simon walked with him through the streets of Jerusalem, I still believe that he was the one that carried the load of that cross on which he was to die. They went to the place of Golgotha, the place of the skull, and there they crucified him. They took long nails and they hammered Uh, them through his flesh and into that hard wood of the cross and they took the cross and put it in its place and then they sat down the bible says and watched him there watched him historians say it was a part of crowd control for the soldiers to stay around during that time i mean making sure that no one uh, came to these condemned men's rescue Uh, They had to stay there until their last last breaths were drawn and making sure that they drew their last breaths, even by breaths, by by breaking their legs if they needed to, where they could not push themselves up uh, and, and get breath anymore. And along with the soldiers there were a multitude of people. It says they came by the cross, wagging their heads, mocking him. Uh, another place in account of this says that they they stuck out their tongues to him. It was just a horrible mockery of the one that was dying for their sin. Multitude of people watching him there. In the crowd that was there that day, there may have been a certain ruler dressed in beautiful apparel. 
may have had servants all around him. He's snacking on a fresh piece of fruit. He exaggeratedly shakes his head, begins to talk to those people that are sitting around him. You know, I went to see that man one day. I mean, I had heard that he was possibly the Messiah, the Savior that was to come. And I was searching for answers. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I know, y'all all know it. I've been a good man all of my life. I mean, I've kept the Ten Commandments, you know, to the best of my ability. And I told him that. I, I told him that I'd kept the Ten Commandments. You know what he told me I had to do to have eternal life? He said to me, go sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and come follow him. Come follow him. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I am glad I didn't make that mistake. I mean, it would have been so foolish. No, 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 no. I mean, like, I, like, like he was ever going to be able to do anything for anyone now where he's at. I mean, what a loser. I, I'm sure glad I didn't take that. I'm sure glad I didn't take that counsel. I'm sure glad I still have all of my riches. And, you know, I'll just keep on being a good person. That's what I'll do. I mean, that's going to get me to heaven one day. I mean, trying to keep these Ten Commandments, being a good person. I'll be comfortable here on earth at that time, following him. All of his disciples have been scattered. There he is hanging on the cross. Good grief. I'll be just fine. I'll be just fine without him. You know, that might sound real good, but the Bible says in Mark chapter 8, and verse number 36, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world? And lose his own soul. So who else may have been there on that day? Well, they released Barabbas. As we look out among the crowd, we see another man. He's not dressed so well. But he has a big smirk on his face. And he's surrounded by a crowd of people also. Look up here, please. He's surrounded by a crowd of people also. A motley crew. They're drinking strong drink and seemingly having themselves a big time. And Barabbas begins to speak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at him now. Hanging there on that cross. You see where being religious gets you? Good grief. Jesus or Barabbas? Jesus or Barabbas? Jesus or Barabbas? Which one would you rather be right now? <laughs> I'm hanging up there. Me down here still having a good time. Yeah. And it's you people that helped to choose to set me free. I mean, not that crazy religious clown that's hanging on the cross now. You made the right choice. Oh, yeah. You know, it's really crazy, all these prophets and Pharisees running around telling us we're supposed to live for God. We're supposed to live for God. Yeah, 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 okay, whatever. We see where their God gets them, don't we? Why would we ever want to do something like that? I'll tell you one thing, I'll live my life the way that I please. I will do what I want, when I want, how I want, good grief. Because after all, his holy life that he supposedly lived, it got him there. There on the cross. But, you know, my party life finds me here with all of my friends just having a good time. <laughs> And they expect me to trade this good life for that crucified life? Makes no sense whatsoever. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll be the day. 
I believe that I'd rather just have my fun than to give in to that old religious hubba bubba and end up like he has ended up. Ah, come on. Come on, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. This, this, this is crazy. Let's go do some partying. I mean, hey, after all, eat, drink, and be married for tomorrow we die. But you know, Barabbas should have followed the example of Moses. It is said of Moses in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 25, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And then it says there was a group of ladies that were there that day. They're all crying. They're all sad at what is going on. But one name Mary begins to speak. And she says, you know, my life was a wreck when I met Jesus. I was a drunkard. I was a harlot. But he touched me and he changed my life. Believed in me. He took a life that was destroyed by sin and put it all back together. I I mean, he gave me hope. No, I'm telling you, he forgave my sins and he helped me to overcome all those things that were destroying my life. He's the best friend I've ever had. He gave me joy like I had never known before in my life. And I know this for sure. My life will never be the same since I met him. No, no, thank God for his wonderful grace. See, Mary was a product of a God that loves us. Even more than we understand. And he loved us and loves us while we are lost in sin. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, but God commendeth or proved his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. The Bible says the sky grew, grew dark. And it says that the Son of God gave up the ghost. They killed Jesus. No, they didn't. They couldn't kill him. Oh, I'll say it again. They couldn't kill him. He was the very begotten Son of God. He gave his life. He chose to give up the ghost for you and for me. Yeah. The earth quaked. The veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom what's the big deal about that the temple in the temple the veils what separated uh, the common man from going into God and the veil itself was made of some very heavy material without going into all of it very heavy material that would have been very hard to rip anyway much less from the top to the bottom God cleared the way God did. Then there was this centurion. 
Verse 54, now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Perhaps the centurion was the one we've read before, about before in scriptures. Maybe it's the one that said, you know, I had a servant that was sick one time. I mean, I came to see Jesus about him. I was concerned about it. And you know, Jesus at that time, he, he spoke a word. And, I, and, 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 and when he did, then I went home and found my servant was healed. <laughs> at that time, I just kind of wrote it off as a fluke. You know, I guess I did. I, 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 but, but maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe he truly is who he said he was. It seems like I may have made a terrible mistake. It seems like we may have made a terrible mistake by nailing him to that cross. And maybe we would all do well to look unto him. Truly, this was the Son of God. Over in Isaiah chapter 45 and verse number 22, the Bible says, Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. There's only one God. No, one true God, just one. In three persons. God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus died on a cross that day. He died, he gave up the ghost was laid in the grave. But death couldn't keep him in the grave. No. No. You're right there. Look at verse 28. Verse number one. Uh, chapter 28, verse number one. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to draw uh, to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There ye shall see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring the disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet. And worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they, that they go into Galilee. And there shall they see me. There were also people there when Jesus rose. And they saw the empty tomb. And they saw the risen Savior. And they went on to tell others. Get this, get this. They went on to tell others who went on to tell others, who went on to tell others, who went on to tell others. And one day somebody told me, 
<laughs> that may not excite you, but it excites my wife. It excites my children. It still excites me. That God would save somebody like me is amazing. That the Son of God would go through what He went through. That I might know God as my Heavenly Father is amazing. But He did. It happened just as we've read. That's what really this service this morning is all about. It's about telling others about our risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. People make a mockery of it. People don't believe it. People want to ignore it. A lot of people would rather not even hear about it. But it's just as real as you and I sitting here right now. It did happen in that way. And we should be continuing to convey the truth that others might believe and put their trust in Him for salvation. Well, pastor, nobody really wants to hear. Well, some do. Well, I didn't know that. We're sitting here, aren't we? (laughs) And even you may not have wanted to hear when you heard But now you're awful glad you did. You're glad somebody told you. You're glad your life is different because you met this man that was nailed to a cross one day. Because of his death and burial and resurrection, he offers up eternal life to all who will believe. No, no, no. God doesn't pick and choose who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. No, no, no. Don't even listen to people that would say things like that. No, no. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he's still saving people today. Come on, stay with me a couple more minutes. He's still forgiving sin today. He's still changing lives completely today. I believe that's why God has led you here this morning, so that you might hear the good news. What good news? The tomb's still empty. Yep. And Jesus does save souls. He does forgive sin. And I'm here to tell you, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, please don't turn down the opportunity that you have to do so this morning. What about you? Who have you chosen? Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Or the crowd that denies Him? What crowd would you have been in on that crucifixion day? To whom... Would you have been listening? As you look at Jesus, 
as you picture Jesus hanging on that cross, do you see a religious figure? Or do you see the Savior of the world? Because true Christianity is a lot more than religion. And by the way, Jesus Christ is not on the cross anymore. (laughs) No, he's alive and well and sitting at the right hand of the Father. The question is, is he your Savior? Do you know him personally? Well, preacher, my mom and dad were Christians. Good. But that doesn't save you. Well, I've been a good person. Well, that doesn't save you either. There's only one way to have your sins forgiven, and that's putting your faith and trust in the one that died for your sin and rose again. It's our only hope of salvation. It's our only hope of ever making it to heaven. Ever. Jesus didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the grave. He arose victorious over death and over hell. Maybe you just need to look to him today and accept that gift of eternal life. It's offered up to you. And to us that are already saved, I mean, even on that day, his disciples had scattered. Even on that day, uh, there were those that had been walking with them that uh, left. Begin to doubt. Forsook him. Maybe you know that you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but you're just not as close as you once were. All He wants is for us to come back. Just to look unto Him. To decide to be a true disciple of Christ and really to carry the message of hope out to this lost and dying city that we live in. Because there's no one that doesn't need to hear about this. Everyone needs to hear about this. Because it truly is the only hope of salvation. I know the day and time we live in. I know there's still that crowd that mocks and ridicules. Doesn't want to believe. I know. But we shouldn't let that shut us down. From testifying of the one that saved our soul. Of drawing close to him. Who have you chosen? Who have you chosen? Who have you chosen? Let's bow our heads. Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. And in respect of the Lord, in respect of those around you, our heads are bowed for a moment.
you would have to say this morning, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I've ever trusted Christ. I, I don't know that I've ever re- really put my faith in Him and had my sin forgiven. I, I don't know, preacher. I really don't. But, but I'd, like to know, I'd like to know how. I'd like to make sure I've done that. Uh, so, so, preacher, would you just remember me in prayer? Would you pray for me about that? Boy, I'd like to. You're here like that this morning. Would you just slip your hand up wherever you're at and just allow me to pray for you? I'm not going to come to you. I'd just like to pray for you. Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure my sins are forgiven. I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure that I have that all settled in my own heart. Would you please pray for me? Would you allow me to do that? Just pray for you. Just slip your hand up. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you out. I'd just like to pray for you. Yeah. Maybe you're here this morning and you've strayed away. You're not where you once were in your walk with God. You, you don't get the joy of telling people from telling people about Jesus anymore. You know you're really not where you need to be as a Christian. You're here like that this morning and you say, Preacher, I... That's me. Would you just pray that I'll do what I know I need to do to draw closer to God once again? Would you allow me to pray with you like that? Would you slip up your hand wherever you're at and allow me to do that? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Cross auditorium, back in the back. Thank you. God bless your honesty. I appreciate that. You may put your hands down. Others, you didn't raise your hand. Would you, would you just allow me? I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray with you. That you just get back to that place uh, that God wants you to be. That God wants you to be. Others, you didn't raise your hand before. You want to raise it now. Would you allow me to pray for you? Others? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the gift of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that came, paid the penalty for our sin debt with his own blood. Lord, he was crucified. He was laid in a tomb dead. He did rise from the grave victorious. And for those that have put their faith and trust in him as their personal savior, their sin is forgiven. They have a home reserved for them in heaven. But there's some that, there's some that are not where they used to be. They're not living the life that, that you, they know that you would have them to live in, what, in whatever degree. And so we pray for them. We lift them up to you. They ask for prayer that you'd continue to help them, that they would set their eyes back on you and what you have for them, that they would do whatever is needed, Lord, to draw close to you and to live that life that, uh, well, that shows other people Jesus Christ that they might be a light, that, that they might share um, what you have done for us, what Jesus did for us with others. And then I pray for those in here that do not know Christ as their Savior, and you've dealt with their heart. We can't save them. We wouldn't try. 
Only you can do such. But we pray you'd continue to convince them and convict them and draw them to yourself. And we'd love to have an opportunity to take them aside even today and take a Bible and show them how they can get that all settled. Lord, if they would just come. We just pray your perfect will would be done in every life. Lord, even with those that are watching by live stream, that your will would be done. Bless this time of invitation. Help us, Lord, to respond as you would have us to do so. And we'll thank you for whatever is accomplished. For we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet for a moment. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Piano's going to play. Altars are open. You need to come and you know you need to come. Just just to talk to the Lord. Maybe you need to make an altar right where you are. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you'll come, we'll get someone to take you aside, take a Bible, show you how you can have that all settled. We'd love to do that. Most important decision that you'll ever make in your life on this earth is trusting Christ as your Savior.